Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Vast National Bank. How can I help you? Hey, I'm here to talk to someone about a loan. Oh, I'll grab you the L97B. We call it the just talking form. What about actually applying for a loan? Oh, my. Let me pop in a new toner cartridge. Hey, Bill, want to pass me the big stapler? Yeah, I'm going to try a community bank. Skip the mega bank. When you need a loan, find a community bank at banklocally.org. Hello and welcome to week nine of the Foot Weekly podcast. This is a gameplay episode and we're going to get straight into it, start talking about gameplay, um, but kick things off with some player reviews. I'm going to do a quick intro to all the guests we have with us because people will be very familiar with them actually. Air Japes, welcome back. Thank you much, Ben. Happy to be back. Great to have you. We have Josh, aka Spreadsheet FIFA. Welcome back. Thank you kindly. Happy to be here. Good to have you. And we have top two NA player, Huber. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Exciting times for the World mm. Cup. Uh, we will start off with some player reviews. So who have people used recently? Who have they enjoyed? Uh, let's come to you first, Hugh. You weren't on the content podcast, so you'll probably have someone to surprise us with potentially. Yeah, I've only used this player in some of like the objectives because that's really all I've done since the content came out. But I got uh, Harry Kuehl in the pre-order pack. Mm. It's been pretty good, actually. I I had used his base hero earlier on in the cycle. Thought he was pretty solid, and uh, this one's good, too. He's actually fairly similar to that inform or even the Paths of Glory Griezmann, like stats-wise. Like, has a decent bit of defending and, you know, decent, like, 50-something, decent physical. Um, so he's pretty versatile. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to using him in some more competitive games. Not that... The, the swaps have not been competitive because some of those teams are extremely sweaty. But um, yeah, he's been good. Yeah, yeah. I got his uh, base version in the Hero Pack before, people may remember. And yeah, he's really good. He's kind of interesting dribbling style, doesn't he? I think he has some kind of special animations, maybe. He, he feels quite different to some of the players and, and that's quite a nice novelty. And what about you, Josh? Have you used anyone recently you want to give a shout out to? First one would be um, that uh, dynamic duo Buchanan. 
um, mm. who I just absolutely love in midfield. I just went to check his, checked his stats and he's got 21 goal contributions in 14 games from midfield. Um, uh, all on all online as well. I'm no... Uh, yeah, no uh, it's, it's, squad, all in squad, squad, squad battles. battles. Yeah, all against damage, just squad battles. All on the basic, or all basic swaps objectives or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yep. Um, and, uh, but I, I'm going to go with Griezmann's uh, Path to Glory card I've just really, really loved him. Like he's everything that he pertains to be. He's he's not going to be this big, strong player. And you know, you do have the odd issues with his acceleration at times, but an absolute assassin on either foot. Which, considering he's got a three-star weak foot, was like really, really surprising. But my kind of my biggest thing that I've loved with him is his passing as a kind of center forward in a 4-3-2-1. I've actually started playing him at Cam in a the 3-5-2, which is kind of the two formations I'm flitting between at the moment. Mm. And uh, he's so smooth on the ball. You know, re- like he's he's actually surprisingly decent in the air. Oh, he's got 98 jumping. That would make sense. Um and <laughs> uh yeah, I've I've just I've really really enjoyed using him like across the board, good enough pace. His dribbling is superb. Um, and if he gets, you know, if, if France go far, that card is just going to end up being nuts. Nuts. You're talking to two very keen Griezmann users in Hugh and Japes. Uh, have either of you considered getting him, want to get him? If he gets that five-star weak foot, it would just be crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, the five-star weak foot would be wild. I think... I the f- price tag is putting me off a little bit right now. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That said, that if he you know completes the journey, if you will, he will probably be one of the like team of the year level attacker. Um, mm. So you know, with the traits to boot, uh, which is not always the case. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't think I've ever met a Griezmann in Ultimate Team that I haven't liked. Mm. And so tempted, yes. Unfortunately, this year, for like chemistry's sake, he's a little tricky for me. Oh, yeah, you're not so La Liga this year, of course. So. Yeah, not La Liga, and we're pretty heavy. Like, I kind of stay away from France mm. for, well, obvious reasons. It's just Mbappe problems. Yeah, yeah. While I've got you, who would you like to give a little review of on this podcast? Yeah, so I, um, with my World Cup hero pick, I got Dirk Kout. Um, or not pick, but the pre-order uh, Marvel pack. I got Dirk Cout, who is actually phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. Mm. I was a little bit let down because I was like, eh. But the, he can be a CM, a cam, or a right mid. Uh, he does extraordinarily well anywhere from striker to attacking mid to a box-to-box CM. I'm sure he would absolutely kill it as a wide mid in a you know three-back. Uh, he's so insanely versatile, has high, high work rates, so he is everywhere. I've mainly used him as my attacking mid in a four-one-two-one-two narrow with the comeback on defense instruction on him, and he performs that role wonderfully. I was looking at him when you packed him and was like, yeah, he's going to be good, surely. So that was good to hear because I got the Brawlin, and uh, sorry to remind you, but he is, as you 
mentioned he'd be extremely good, very effective. Like, what are those players? He's so smooth. Yeah, he feels like he has some kind of extra dribbling touches that most players don't, which is really Mm -hmm. nice and allows him to kind of outmaneuver players. I also found that he's actually quite good, which I haven't done for a little while, but after we talked about it on a podcast, been doing it a little bit more. The L1, like dragging it back a bit and then accelerating out of that seems to work quite well with him, which it doesn't work with all players. He is explosive and very quick. I've put a hunter on him, so it makes sense. His shooting's obviously really, really good. Obviously, it's a bit of a shame he has a three-star weak foot, but it doesn't really matter that much, especially with outside foot shot. You know, it's not as crucial, I don't think, weak foot this cycle, actually. Uh, you might realize why I've thrown in a record scratch there and I'm speaking from the future because there has been a patch and the patch affects outside foot shots and it also affects a few other things. One thing has become a huge topic of conversation and clarification was needed from EA about it because it was having such an impact. What I thought I would do is grab Hugh or Hubert, who's with me now. Hello, Hugh. Hello. And we'll just quickly chat about what's been going on. I think we can cover first the outside foot shot thing which isn't what the big discussion point is but has changed so it says reduced accuracy of outside the foot shots by up to 30 percent players with the outside the foot shot trait are also impacted by this change but only up to 10 percent that is somewhat noticeable but i feel like you have still seen people taking the travella shots and scoring them so yeah i would agree I, i think that you know the key is that they decrease the accuracy so if you still aim it well then it really hasn't changed anything Mm. And if you're on semi-assisted shooting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and if you can green time your shots, etc. Or if you have like a player with really good shooting, say like Messi or something like that, I'm not sure it really makes that big of a difference. And then we get into like only 10% for people with the trait. So I think it's it's a step in the right direction. I think the issue with Travellas is more the way keepers react to them and like kind of flap at it and just fall down and let the ball go in rather than like the accuracy of the shots themselves. Yeah, it's weird. I thought it was more of a positioning of the keeper issue, to be honest, because if you move your keeper, they'll get to it even a little bit. And I think there is maybe an argument that this is a bit of a band-aid fix, but we'll have to see. There are quite a lot of other things in this patch, but not so relevant as the ones we're going to talk about. We could talk about other bits if they come up next week on uh, a full podcast potentially but let us know if there are any things in here that you want us to talk about always appreciate your input on that and the next little thing that i wanted to talk about is the changes to semi-assisted through passes semi-assisted through passes are now less likely to be underpowered and less likely to go to a defender's feet which is good because i feel like hugh lobbed passes just dominate the on the ground ones and nobody particularly uses on the ground through balls yeah i think it's definitely a step in the right direction for realism as well that you know if you if you watch real life you know there's not that many wafted through balls and if there are that you have to be in an absolute ton of space or else it just kind of goes straight to the keeper Hmm. so i think that you know fixing these is helpful especially the underpowered ones you know sometimes you power it up three quarters of the way and it would barely move so I, i think it's you know, hopefully a good thing maybe still needs a bit of a nerf to the wafted ones in terms of the accuracy. But I mm-hmm. think, you know, if it helps add a bit more variety to the game, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll just quickly mention is decreased input sensitivity when requesting a knock-on, which is something that I use a fair bit and was quite annoying because if you held it for just slightly too long, your knock-on 
you know, your flick with the right stick to knock the ball on would be like huge and go off the pitch. So I'm glad that's there is something that I recommend using if you want a bit of extra speed. And talking of extra speed, that's what we're going to move on to next because there's one specific line and yeah, you have now confirmed this, which has made quite a big difference. Initially, it was making people think that Lengthy was dead and that explosive players have been buffed. Um, I'm sure people by now probably know about Lengthy and explosive. Don't need to worry about this if you're on old gen, although this line probably will still impact old gen as well, potentially. Um, but it says, in some cases, players could incorrectly slow down when attempting to dribble with the ball. The dribbling slowdown could have happened at times when sprinting with the ball. And the slowdown most commonly affected players with high dribbling-related attributes. So, essentially, this made people think that lengthy had been nerfed in some way. But actually, Hugh, it's not affecting off-the-ball play at all. Players running together off the ball are going to be doing so in exactly the same way as we had previously with Lengthy having that advantage the longer the run goes on for, I suppose. But what we're seeing now is that because you had a bug where players who were dribbling would be slowed down and when they couldn't dribble effectively, that was probably affecting explosive players, controlled players much more than the lengthy ones because I guess they're going to take more touches, they're going to likely dribble more or change direction more. That's kind of the advantage they have, right? They're smaller, nippier players generally compared to, you know, your more physical forwards. So I guess having played post-patch, have you been finding it? What difference are you seeing there? Yeah, I think it certainly can be noticeable um, in the way that you defend against players that I think we've really gotten used to having lengthy players who can cover a lot of ground so you can be extra aggressive and push up extra high. And if you get beaten, you can still turn and run back and cover the space. And now that's really not quite as true um, just because those more explosive or even controlled players can now accelerate quicker while dribbling. Um, So you have to be a little more cautious with the way that you approach those. So it's definitely noticeable. Um, As you said, I don't think it's really so much that lengthy itself was nerfed as in lengthy has not been made worse. It's just that the non-lengthy ones have been made better because the players who have those styles can now accelerate at the way in the way that they were supposed to originally. Mm. So you know, I, I know there was definitely market panic on like lengthy players like, oh, they're not good anymore. But I think you'll really find them to be just about as good as they already were. It's just that now those explosive players that you maybe previously thought uh, they're not lengthy, they're explosive, don't really like them. I think now they're a little more viable. Yeah, exactly. And you'll find that, you know, with a explosive player, they, when dribbling, will be able to reach the kinds of speeds that you're probably expecting that they didn't really seem to be able to reach except for over maybe a very, very short distance. And then that dribbling issue would have kicked in and and you couldn't keep going with them, I suppose. What I would note about this as well, yeah, it's it's definitely worth saying that this is only on the ball, um, but also I think there's probably a factor here, which was that because it was affecting players with higher dribbling-related attributes, as it says, that would have meant that a lot of your lengthy players, you, your forwards who were lengthy, someone like Haaland, his dribbling stats are not especially amazing, so he wasn't being slowed down so much by this issue. And I think also the stride length, the fact that there's less dribbling done with lengthy players was probably giving them an advantage too. Yeah, I agree. I think that you can notice it um, with those especially lengthy players, even ones that don't have great dribbling stats, because I think what was benefiting them was that they took far less touches on the ball because they had worse dribbling stats, but because they were taking less touches, Mm. they didn't like 
slow down to take those touches. Whereas a player, say like mm. Neymar or Messi, you try to accelerate with them, but they take all these little dribbles and it was just like slowing them way down and made the explosive so slow. So I think now that they've addressed that, and as they said in the patch notes, that they're not taking those slower touches or stopping sprinting to do them, that it makes them feel much faster, but it's really as fast as they were supposed to be all along. Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, funny enough, talked about Ronaldo after talking about Brolin, the gold CR7. This is, I used him over the weekend and he was exceptional, actually. Really, really good goal per game. He got in behind really well, whether it was using a hunter or an architect. Ended up sticking two architects, actually, mainly really because of the physical and passing boost, not even the fact that his runs in behind were a bit quicker, but I didn't even think they were necessarily that much better. I do think the whole lengthy thing has been slightly overhyped. But it goes to show, actually, using him after the patch and before, both times he was lengthy, didn't really notice any difference, to be honest. I mean, actually, probably a bit better after the patch because, obviously, you didn't have that issue with the dribbling that they've fixed. So, for lengthy players, I don't think you're going to see too much of a difference. It will be a bigger difference for those explosive and controlled players, and I guess we'll probably see them being used more. They'll be a bit more effective, which is no bad thing, especially for those explosive players, I think. Um, but for now, we're probably done talking about this. Uh, we'll talk about it in the future, no doubt. But thank you very much, Hugh, for joining me very quickly to chat about this. Do appreciate it. Yeah, happy to discuss as always. And again, if you guys have any questions over how things are working with the new patches or anything like that, we're always discussing in the Discord. So feel free to put any questions in there. Yeah, indeed. On these main feed pods, we often plug the podcast supporter Patreon, which keeps the podcast going. We can get an extra podcast every week. Do that, of course, if you'd like to. But there's also the gold tier there, which allows you access to the Discord, loads of resources, fantastic like-minded foot playing community in there, which I greatly enjoy being a part of. And we talk about things like the patch. If you want to jump in there, you're a gold supporter already, then do head over to bit.ly slash pod discord help for some guidance there. And if you're listening not as a supporter and fancy supporting getting an extra podcast every week, content pod this week, next week, it'll be a gameplay pod, then do head over and just search support for weekly to join up. If you're already a supporter, a huge thank you for supporting. On that, I think we'll take a quick break and we'll dive back in to the previously recorded podcast talking about the pressing changes. How does a free case of delicious craft beers sound this festive season? With a World Cup and of course Christmas upon us, our very good friends at Beer52 are offering you a free case of eight craft beers. Simply go to beer52.com forward slash foot and cover the meager cost of $5.95 for postage to claim your free case now. I've been getting Beer52 beers for a while and absolutely love them. Each month they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world, showcasing the best independent breweries from across the globe. There's no better way to enjoy good beer during the World Cup and Christmas. So far, members have experienced beers from 40 different countries spanning five continents, from refreshing pale ales to dark stouts. The UK's number one beer club always delivers. If dark beer isn't your thing, you can choose a light-only case and you'll also get Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And if, after all that, you're still not satisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. So that's a free case of craft beer over at beer52.com forward slash foot. That's beer52.com forward slash F-U-T. Thank you very much to Beer52, a reminder to drink responsibly. And let's get back into the podcast and talk about pressing. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. 
so you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. The changes were made for a live tuning update last week. And what they did was increase stamina decay by up to 41% for constant pressure and press after possession loss and press on heavy touch uh, custom tactics. They've also reduced the ball velocity from fully powered corner kicks and decreased the accuracy of fully powered corner kicks. Those two things, honestly, I've not really noticed make much of a difference, but you know, feel free to correct me, anyone on this podcast, if, if you disagree. Um, the thing I was going to talk about is that stamina change. And yeah, I was interested to know what people felt about this. I know, Hugh, you were playing pre-pressing before. How have you found it? I know you tested these as well when the patch dropped. Yeah, I think press after possession loss is pretty similar, maybe a bit more stamina drain, but not too big of a deal. The The more annoying aspect for me was if an opponent just wants to hold the ball, constant pressure is just so bad now because it drains your players so fast that like if they can hold the ball for more than like 10 to 15 in-game minutes it just ruins your player's stamina and it's like very frustrating that Mm. um it just feels like they took the easy way out with nerfing pressing whereas i think the more realistic change would be stop making attackers be so good at tackling on their own like if you flick on constant pressure Mbappe with like 30 defending or something can just run through and just take the ball off of anyone. I totally agree. I made a like point in my newsletter that was like, how are these players with like 30 defensive awareness, right? And like 40 standing tackle performing just as well as like my high rated center backs on Mm. constant pressure. Like it's insane. I think it's also annoying because there are forwards who have good defending and it's just irrelevant. Like it doesn't matter and it should be an advantage to have a forward when you're pressing who has good defending and that just doesn't mean anything so I, I totally agree with that too I think it's a really good point I think that was the thing that needed to change not necessarily this what are your thoughts on this Josh I mean it's interesting actually from many very very good players will say that pressing wasn't really an issue and the biggest issue is people holding the ball and keeping possession and therefore pressing wasn't too strong it wasn't you know, too easy. It was, in fact, important so that people didn't just keep the ball. Like he was saying, that is now much more viable because your stamina just gets wrecked if you're trying to constant pressure someone who's passing about the back. Have you felt about it before and, and after the patch? Yeah, I, I feel like slightly different from it from kind of the next rung or two down of quality of player. I felt like in a game, and this worked both for me and against me, if there was like even two goals and you went into the last 20 minutes, if there was a two-goal difference and somebody put on constant pressure, either you have to just match and go constant pressure back and just play a ridiculously look like it just didn't feel like football, or Mm. you were going to concede at least once because, you know, don't have the reaction time or the control of the ball to be able to hold it when people are constant pressing. And sometimes you did, sometimes you'd be able to like, you know, work it wide. And that was usually the best way I found to kind of break those pressures was tend to get it to a wing back, pass it into a strong midfielder who could hold off the player that's pressing him and play a one, two with a wing back. And usually then there's lots of space to break into, but Mm. I definitely felt the change in this patch 
The, the problem I have, I think, is I don't know if they changed the right thing. I don't know if the stamina decreasing quickly is the issue or if the effect it has on the player having low stamina is the issue because I don't feel that stamina, people having low stamina affects players enough. I don't think it needs to be massively different, but I feel like it would be... it would. In, improve it would make it more of a risk to drain your player's stamina if they performed worse with low like you know if you could run past them if you've got a player with fresh stamina and someone has no stamina if you could easily just run past them that would make a big difference but you it that's just not the way it works so i i having not played the game at any sort of high level the players holding the ball was frustrating but i always felt like with constant pressure i had the ability to go and get it back but if I was in control of the game and somebody puts constant pressure on, I always felt far... I always felt like even my team played worse, like passes didn't go to the right place. And I, maybe that's just because I'm panicking playing. So it definitely felt like a needed change or a necessary change for that level of gameplay. I don't know what it was like kind of further down and obviously further up, it seems like is kind of made it a little bit more difficult or tedious. But yeah, for, for me, it, it, it was definitely necessary. Yeah, I think it's good you're on this podcast to talk about that because I think that reflects the views of listeners that I've heard from about it, that they really felt like constant pressure was a huge problem because they felt they couldn't do anything. And I think potentially what we're talking about, making it so that players who aren't good at defending, aren't so good at taking the ball off your defenders, would have helped quite a bit rather than necessarily mm. this nerf to constant pressure. But actually, I think some people would say maybe there wasn't too much of an issue and you could get out of it, um, a press. And I guess I would maybe think that's probably a good thing to talk about on this podcast, actually. What would people recommend for getting out of a press? And I always say to people, the advice that Hugh gave on this podcast, I think it was a, a few cycles ago, maybe even now, and you've said it a few times on here, Hugh, is to pass it back to your keeper. And I think, you know, maybe just to reiterate that advice to you because it's definitely worked for me and it's been something that um, as long as you practice that and you will lose the ball sometimes doing that, right, when you first start to do it, but persevere with it. And I think it is something that will just totally change your outlook on pressure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for constant pressure, all of the outfield players will be man-marked automatically. So if you pass to the keeper, the opponent will not automatically be marking your keeper which means that they have, if they want to close the keeper down, they have to pull a defender off of someone else. Then that leaves someone open. So really just even like a tapped lofted pass, so like X on Xbox, I'm not sure which button it is on PlayStation, but the one that does like a little, like what you would use to cross that button. Square. Um, square. Yeah, square. If you just tap that, mm. just like a little chipped ball over the on-rushing defender, then once you get complete that first pass, they're kind of screwed because now they have to pull someone else away to close down the ball, which leaves someone else open. And beyond that, really just trigger runs, because I think a lot of times the reason that people lose the ball so much with constant pressure is they're just kind of trying to pass to someone who's standing still while defenders are sprinting at them. So if you trigger runs, they're running in the opposite direction that the defenders are trying to close down from. And it's hard for them to slow down turn and then chase back the other way and you can usually just pass like a through ball right in behind and really once you've broken it once or twice it really kind of demoralizes your opponent because they feel like they're just leaving themselves more exposed and like especially if you can then score it kind of ends the game in my opinion obviously it's can be easier said than done if someone's really good at pressing but 
I think for the most part, just be patient, use the keeper. And if you really feel like you're about to lose the ball, just like do like a full power, like clearance, just like slam it all the way upfield or out of bounds. Like don't just try to dribble through everyone and lose the ball in your own half because, you know, that's kind of what they're trying to get you to do. So like worst case, they can get the ball, but it's way deep in their own half rather than in your box. Mm, exactly. And then I guess you can feed that into Jape's advice generally on the podcast around pressing, which is hit a big man up front. And I guess, you know, if you're panicked, then you can do that, can't you? If you do pass back to a keeper and you're like, actually, I don't have an option, which to be honest is kind of rare. I almost always find I can lob the uh, onrushing player and, and pass to the player that they were pressing originally. But yeah, you can just get up to a big man. Um, and that does work kind of well. Yeah, I I still use it uh, quite frequently. Oftentimes towards the end of the match, if I'm winning and I know somebody's going to be pressing, one of my strikers is going to be tired anyway. So putting on, like I've been doing it a lot with the rule breakers, Kai Havertz. I like sort of put him on and he's six foot two, has pretty good jumping and heading and you can sort of just like launch uh, passes to him. And since I'm playing with two strikers, it makes for, you know, pretty easy counters because they're being over aggressive with their team up high. So it's, Definitely a care can be a formula for success. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I like, I understand the constant pressure, like working well if you match someone's formation. But what I find really, really odd is say I'm playing like this 4 1 2 and 2 narrow, and they're playing a, uh, I don't know, a four triple two. The fact that they're like, I should have a mismatch still in the middle of the park to be able to play mm-hmm. through it in some ways, but their players are like, oh no. That's not how this is going to work. So it's just not what you would expect constant pressure to look like watching a match on a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, and actually a tip I've heard too on basically getting out of pressure is to go to a five at the back. You could even use a five, two, three if you'd like to, which really spreads your team out. Basically, if you play a five at the back and your opponent isn't playing a five up front, if you like, it means that you almost always have a defender who's being marked by someone who's deep midfielder or midfielder or maybe a fullback. And that creates a lot of space in their half. Uh, obviously, those players will track back and press you going back to- towards their goal. But actually, you do find you have a lot of space. I think the thing about this is we say all this, but actually maybe people won't really press that much anymore. I don't think that's true, though, because I've faced over the weekend plenty of people still using press half to possession loss. In fact, I feel like it was maybe 50% of my games. Personally, I really enjoy it. I, I would much rather people had press after possession loss or even constant pressure on than were very passively defending um, because, you know, the game's just more dynamic, there's more going on and, uh, you know, you can always flick it on yourself and uh, it becomes quite end-to-end, which I tend to enjoy, tend to do okay in those games. So it doesn't bother me too much, but I can mm. appreciate some people you know, don't think that that is a nice way to play or, or isn't really... I guess it doesn't feel necessarily like football. It feels very arcadey. But one thing I did do, because I was testing it out, I was like, oh, well, how much impact is it actually having on press after possession loss? Um, because that's the one that I guess I would play if I was playing any of them. Um, and I wasn't using it. So in this 4-2-3-1 that I played, which basically just had quite high depth but uh, and players on aggressive interceptions, I took off aggressive interceptions and moved my depth down because it was actually having quite a big impact playing press after possession loss on a higher depth. But when I moved it down to 50-55, that meant the stamina drain was a fair bit less. I actually found that doing that uh, seemed to work really well and I actually ended up kind of preferring it to the tactic I had originally. Hugh, in terms of pressing, are you finding that you, know, you can still have press after possession loss on? Obviously, constant pressure is an issue, but it seemed like press after possession loss it wasn't really too bad. Yeah, I think 
for the most part, it's uh, not too bad. Um, I think, you know, it's one of those things where you just kind of get used to dealing with it. Mm. I wouldn't say it's like too drastic of an overhaul of like the way games played, but I just think that it can be tricky when, you know, we're impacting stamina to nerf things rather than like the root cause of the issue, which is like defenders being too good at defending. Mm. And then sometimes like, from my experience, I'll have constant pressure on, but the team isn't actually doing anything. Like they just kind of stand there, especially like after kickoff that they're not actually pressing. So I think, you know, it just seems like a little like they need to rework it a bit. I don't know if maybe the way the game's code is just hard to get players to automatically push up without directly just following someone, which is what they do now, which I think also is why it feels kind of unrealistic just because in real life, if you're trying to do a constant pressure equivalent, you wouldn't just be standing next to someone for the entire time. Mm. Like you like back off to like block a passing lane. It's not just one V one across the entire pitch, mm. maybe some more extreme cases like a Bielsa or something. But even then he would usually have like a spare man at the back. It wouldn't just be, Oh, well we don't have a left winger. So our left back's going to go mark the CDM or something like that. Mm. Like it, like especially with different formations, it just feels like sometimes it's just all over the place. But yeah, I mean, nothing's changed too much other than the stamina. So I guess we'll see if maybe they tinker with it a bit more. Um, to me, I, I'd say the biggest overall impact is just that it's not worse. You just have to wait later in the game to use it. Makes sense. And actually, Dom here asking a related question saying, I need tips for winning the ball back from ball hoggers due to the stamina nurse around pressing. Four out of my last six losses in this weekend's finals were partly due to me not being able to get the ball back from my opponent when they took the lead later in the game. I mean, overall, I did have some issues with it. I'd say for the most part, just make sure that your depth is also high as well. Because if not, then I think the players will start too deep. Mm. Otherwise, I'd say it's just mostly manual, like just really pushing up as much as possible. And then you kind of can try to trap people in the game where they're playing just between the goalkeeper and center back, like you start closing the keeper down and then you back off. So when they chip the ball, you can win it back. I've had a bit of success with that, but overall it is pretty difficult. If you're really desperate, you can just hold the bring the keeper out button and just like, <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> if you're about to lose anyway, then like what's the worst that can happen that you concede again. So I yeah. mean, you might as well. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's surprisingly effective just because you end up having players think oh, oh i'll get a goal you know secure the win or whatever and they rush it and then you win the ball back so yeah i think that is kind of a, a good nuclear option what about you josh any particular tips you'd have for people when they're trying to chase the game in the you know, closing minutes it's not a brilliant thing to do in like the last three or four minutes of a game but one thing i do like doing is when you're pressing somebody it, it, you very often press from the front because that's how you would usually defend but what I like doing is getting in between, especially if they're using their keeper a lot, getting in between the player and the keeper and almost kind of shepherding them into your half. Because once they're in your half, it's much easier to get quicker pressure. And as long as you're stopping them from turning and playing the pass, like the relieving pass back to the keeper, you kind of force them into moving balls into areas of the pitch they actually don't want to go to. Mm. Start by just trying to do a normal press tactic, like... 424 is very good against back fours in terms of that press because you've obviously got those players on top of them already without really needing to do a full on like constant pressure. Um, but if you're kind of still struggling at that point, 
I, I like, especially with the second man press, if you can bring in the second man to kind of pressure from the side and move your defender behind the person on the ball, you kind of like box them in so they have to play forward and mm. you can often win the ball in those situations. That, like that's kind of been my main tactic if I'm really struggling to get the ball off somebody. I, I have started seeing it creep in more and more people just holding the ball now later in games. I didn't feel like it was that prevalent early on in the game cycle. Yeah, I didn't think it was too difficult before to play out of it, but you know, it wasn't super easy. One point I was going to make on this actually is, obviously you've got the D-pad team pressing option yeah. put on team press on the D-pad as they get towards the halfway line. Remember, it takes a little bit for it to actually activate. And then as you're doing that, you move a player from your forward line to block off the back pass option. And you can also hold you know, R1, RB to get second man press. And I find that tends to at least panic people I guess because they're like oh, I can't go back I can't do the safe option and as you were saying they then have to go forward so that works quite well let's move on to this question which is very much relevant to this uh, Jay Martin says does anyone use the partial team press that was discussed a few episodes back by gameplay producers oh, this was actually a little while ago so it was, it was more than a few episodes ago if so can we have some guidance on how best to use it does anyone use it actually just a quick show of hands nope I think I accidentally use it occasionally <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say so the I, same <laughs> I've used it a bit deliberately and it is good if you're trying to just press without using constant pressure like it does make players man mark in the same way as we've talked about but it's just so inconsistent who's actually going to do that that I've only ever really used it when I'm pressing their defense so you're quite confident that it's not going to be some of your defensive line getting dragged out so I do use it but only far up the pitch where I know that it's not going to cause me too much of a problem if I don't know, a player from further back comes up and, and starts putting pressure on it. Is the players near you that get activated? But it, it is kind of hard to know exactly which ones. So something I do, for those who don't know, you just press second man press button twice and hold it. And that activates it for a bit. And yeah, I, I think it's useful. I, I definitely encourage it if it's something you want to kind of learn. It, it is helpful, but not super helpful. And then we'll move to this question here about personnel, actually. And I was interested to hear from people about this. Bracco says, would love to know who everyone is using at Striker. I'm trying to find one that is good all round and able to be powerful in the box. I guess I talked about Ronaldo, so probably don't need to do that again. I do feel like he's very good, a lot more physical than you'd think, considering his stats, even with a hunter, obviously very physical with an architect. Who have you been using up front, Japes, and who do you think's worked best for you? Um, I've still got... Uh, he old Kenny Daglish up mm. front uh, and Mr. Kai Havertz at the moment. Yeah, Havertz is very good. I used him in draft. Yeah, he's he's good, but he doesn't... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. He's He just doesn't have that it factor for me. Mm. Is that on the ball or...? Yeah, on the ball. He's like... He's a... Uh, he's a true renaissance man or he's what is, how does the expression go uh, oh, some jack of all jack trades of all master trades. of none yeah jack yeah. of all trades master of none like he he can do he, he can literally do everything and sometimes his finishing is out of this world good but he also you know can't doesn't really create his own chance well he's not pacey to the point that he feels you know like a holland or someone like that with lengthy so I don't, I don't know. Who do you think I, would be your perfect striker? That's probably quite a question, actually. <laughs> if you're thinking like, it doesn't have to be a specific player, it can just be attributes, I guess. But you know, would it be someone like, I was thinking maybe the Eric Cantona would be yeah, Cantona, one of the best strikers on the game this year? Cantona is definitely somebody that I would hold a uh, strong level of interest in, I would say. Mm, yeah. You know, when we were talking 
earlier about that keen card i found myself thinking like yeah you know i really like to have Cantona, I think, as a mm. as a striker, he can do all sorts of things. He's big, he's fast. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm into that, right? Yeah. That said, like, I uh, I find myself more and uh, more and more preferring like a sugar spice combo. Mm. And to be clear, like Dogleash isn't sugary enough for me. Mm. He can sort of create his own chances, but he's not like an elite feeling dribbler. So. I don't know. I find myself like waiting on that, waiting on the striker, mm. you know, that's going to change, change the game for me. I, I haven't found it, but I also refuse to use players like Mbappe. And I guess I would use Halan, but right now he just feels so meta and I just don't want to mm. pay him at a prices that I just don't use players like that. So mm-hmm. time will tell. I'm excited to use Voler. I'm excited to use Voler. I will say that. Mm. What about you, Josh? Do you have a particular player who's like the dream striker for you or a player in your team you think is very effective, a kind of type of player you'd encourage? Yeah, it's 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 a weird one this year because I felt like early in the game cycle, there was a couple of players that it was obvious you need to have them up front, Haaland being one of them. But as the game's progressed, and I think especially as we've got better defenders, actually like who you put in that forward line is quite difficult. Like I, I find it, it quite difficult to i need to have a big man up there not only for like breaking out of presses but you know i tend to get wide quite a lot and i just like the option of flipping the ball in a couple of times and putting a cross in sometimes Mm. you'll score sometimes you won't but it, it puts that element of doubt in your opponent's mind and so like in terms of a forward two which tends to be what i like running i like having a kind of technician someone like antoine griezmann obviously he's very expensive but that kind of High passing, like Nkunku's very good for that. High passing ability to kind of still create in that forward line. And then kind of a bit more of just the big man without mm. going like fully, you know, Brexit ball, four four two, big man, little man, front line. You know, somebody who can get up there and win those headers. Um, I really like that. <laughs> I ended up doing that Becker SBC, the, the rule breakers. Mm-hmm. Will Breakers, yeah, and I really like him. His physicality wins headers, still quick. So for me, I'd love Eric Cantona, not only just as a United fan, but he's got that mix of good on the ball, good finishing, but the strength and the the kind of meta-ness, if you want, of having a big player that's got a bit of speed about him. So yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really good question because I think it I think it's a difficult answer right now. Yeah, no, that's that's what I was interested about. It, I think, um, Hugh, what about you? Who are you using? Who do you think is kind of dream for you? Yeah, I've recently been using uh, the gold Memphis Depay just because He's I was really running. Good. Yeah. yeah, like as cheap of a team as possible, but I think it like it does speak to like an overall idea of like a player as short and nimble as possible while still being lengthy. Mm. Because with Architect, he is lengthy and like. His shooting was fine, but with Architect, as like he was playing as my false nine in the four three three five, so like the passing and physical, he's just so hard to get off the ball. And then he has five star skills as well. So I do feel like Cantona could kind of be that like evolution of that spot. I think he's a little bit bigger, but that idea. Have any of you guys used Socrates this year? No, no. no. I I use him every year uh, at some point. I haven't done so this year, but I keep looking at that card being like, he just must feel outrageous this year. Yeah, he does look really good. I mean, kind of similar to Cantona in a sense, but obviously the five-star weak foot rather than the five-star skills. It's interesting, actually. I think that as someone who does a lot of skills, Cantona 
is probably the dream striker as well. I mean, obviously you're like R9, right? <laughs> He's kind of out of the question really, but I think Cantona probably would be for me. Um, he is maybe the next step up from Ronaldo to an extent in terms of having five-star skills, four-star weak foot. And, and doesn't bash the club. Exactly, so, that's the thing. That. I don't think he'd speak to Piers Morgan somehow. <laughs> Can't really see that interview happening, but could be wrong. Mm, when yeah. the seagulls yeah. follows the be very cryptic. Like, I prefer five hogs rather than ten. Or like that. <laughs> but I think, getting back to the point, it is that thing of, there are lots of different options this cycle, which maybe hasn't always been the case. So there's no kind of right or... There is a wrong answer, definitely. But, but there, there's no kind of clear right answer. And I think people are, are still figuring out what's best. One thing I would add on to Pi is I used him on basic actually well I used him on basic initially and then put an architect on him and actually didn't really like him that much and went back to basic which cost me like 4k which I wasn't very happy about he's untradeable so I couldn't just sell it um, and this was a little while back but I found even on basic he would just burn defenders all the time and people talk about lengthy being important in terms of burning defenders and for pace but actually he was often slower than the defender well the defender was lengthy and he was still getting past them and, and going faster than them and i think you can see some people have done testing that actually pace doesn't have a huge impact in speed and off it's about getting the right start and the timing of the run that it is what you think is pace but is actually about positioning and like when they're making the run instead which i think uh, i think the big thing this year is actually the strength factor because Previously, a centre-back would come up next to the uh, the striker running in behind. Even if that centre-back had much lower strength, that would often cause the player to mess up their dribble, to lose the ball, to not be able to make that run in behind or, or beat the defensive line in the same way. Whereas I think this cycle, it feels like if you get a player with even decent strength like Depay, even if they're weaker than the centre-back, they can actually uh, retain the ball, maintain their momentum and get through on goal which they wouldn't have been able to do in the past I think I think for me that that strength factor not just the lengthy factor is actually quite underrated this cycle um, and even someone like Ronaldo who's yeah he's not like super strong with Hunter but he is strong-ish he's able to hold off those players because he's got that kind of frame and when he runs in behind and a, a centre-back comes alongside him he can just hold them off and uh, continue his run, which I think is, for me, maybe a bigger factor than lengthy even. Um, so that's something to watch out for. And I guess what I'm saying is, if you want a player to be running in behind onto through balls and things, make sure they have some strength, I think is the biggest thing. That World Cup Schmollerek could be massive for that yeah, as well. I've heard really good tiny, things about him. Yeah. <laughs> like he's 5'7", but his World Cup hero has 86 strength with yeah. like... 90 odd pace 90 shooting 92 dribbling I, I think he's going to be a, a fascinating one he could end up being the guy yeah, I totally agree I think these smaller players who are strong maybe not quite kind of popularised yet but I think they will be uh, nice alright well I think we're pretty much ready to wrap up um, we talked about this a few times on the podcast. In fact, we talked about it last week, but there's still lots of questions about it. Something people always want to know. Um, and even if it's something you've said before, I don't mind. But just to wrap it up, something that you're using at the moment to beat players, I would like to hear. Um, just just like in general? Up. Yeah, it can be literally anything um, apart from, let's say not passing, let's say in a 1v1 situation. So it could be, you know. Oh, if, dribbling. If, if you want to, mm. yeah, it has to be more dribbling based, but it, it doesn't need to be a skill move, I guess is what I'm saying. We'll say our goodbyes as we do this. Potentially, that might be a nice way to do it. So, James, is there anything you would go for here? I'm, I suck at dribbling this year. Like, I don't, I don't usually want to say that. I try <laughs> as I might. I'm just not that great at it. So, for those of you like me that don't seem to be dribbling visionaries, mm. I use a lot of the right bumper to just sort of like shuffle um, and create a little bit of space. Mm. And then I, I've also started using 
the L1 skill moves um, or the left bumper skill moves. Yeah. So mm. you can do like L1 forward back, L1 side to side. Those seem to execute pretty quickly and work quite well. I also use ball rolls and step overs, but that's about it. Nice. Yeah, I mentioned the what's called the lateral heel to heel on last week's podcast. A few people mentioned having used it and had a lot of success with it. It's definitely something I'd recommend. It's quite easy to execute as well. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Japes. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Ben. Happy to be back on and happy to be discussing. I'll be dropping some new tactics in my newsletter uh, coming up this week. It got me a nice spicy rank one, so that's fun. You know, we can go from there. That's great. Best place to find it is your Twitter, at Airjapes, right? Yes, twitter.com slash Airjapes. Great. And then we move on to Hugh. Hugh, something you use to beat players? Yeah, I agree. The uh, the LB uh, forward backward, uh, like the heel to heel ball roll one. Mm. Uh, I, I'm bad with the skill move names, but um, that one I find is pretty good because it kind of takes you out at a slight angle to kind of go around a defender. So you don't really have to aim your left stick to go around. It just kind of does it, especially if they're moving towards you, just kind of sidestep them. So I find that pretty useful. But um, otherwise, not too many skills for me either. I'm more of just a, a left stick merchant, if you will, and then, you know, passing and creative runs and whatnot. But um, yeah, those are really the main things. Great. And Hugh, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We should point out, actually, uh, to plug some content of yours on the foot.gg site you are putting a tactical review out every week or so um, and people may want to check that out i guess they can go to your twitter where you'll be sharing it each week probably yeah i'll be sharing those on my twitter of course the foot.gg twitter uh the website um yeah shooting for once a week but i'm trying to you know get some spicy tactics reviews so if you have a submission someone you see on twitter or youtube or reddit or, you know wherever that's really interesting tactics send it my way and uh, I'll give it a try and see if we can do a write-up about it. Nice. Thank you, Hugh, for coming on the podcast. Finally, Josh, I know you've already brought up plenty of good ones over the past few weeks, so to save you repeating it, I might ask you something else. Do you have a particular game plan when you go into like golden goal objectives? Is there something that you think could help people? Because obviously people are doing this a lot at the moment, and it is kind of a different like meta, isn't it? Is there anything particularly you'd recommend to people that they may want to consider when going into this? I've seen a lot of people go like constant pressure and you know, to try and kind of just force the issue and get the goal as quickly as possible. Mm. Uh, what I would say is try and play as normally as possible because if co going constant pressure and like going all gung-ho works so effectively that you can just get goal after goal after goal at the beginning of a game, everyone would do it in champs, right? You just go 3-0 mm. up and then sit back and protect it for the rest of the game. Go with whatever it is. Maybe a slightly more attacking version, like maybe release fullbacks. If you've got fullbacks that are on stay back on a, while attacking, let them get forward, even on balance and just stick them on overlap. Let them give you that extra option as kind of a little bit more going forward. But yeah, I, I would just try and play it as kind of simply as possible. Mm. The other thing I would say is, especially when you're kind of setting your team up with like Qatar or Ecuador and you've got your six players from there, putting players even if they're out of position in defense is often a lot easier to use than putting them in attack you notice bad attackers i feel far mm. more than you notice bad defenders kind of linking back into what we were saying about strikers being able to defend really well on constant pressure mm. so you know that would be my other kind of thing going into these versions of golden goal but yeah try Try and play as normally as you can. Maybe just take the shackles off a few of the players, like maybe midfielders. I would still have one staying back, but maybe release the other one. You know, if you're in a 
2-1, have two of those central mids getting forward and just have the centre one sitting back and let those wing backs go forward. Mm. But I wouldn't be going in constant pressure because I feel like, especially if you're not used to playing it, you're just going to get kind of cut apart quite quickly and it's going to become a frustrating experience. Yeah, no, I, I, what you've said is exactly what I would say about that, actually, the constant pressure thing. Definitely a good point. I'd also say if you can not switch into another game plan, so have your team set up, as yeah, you know, you you wouldn't necessarily do this in like champs or whatever. You would switch to another game plan to uh, change formation, but because of people actually trying to be quite aggressive and constant pressure and things like that, that some people think is a good idea. I don't necessarily think it is. It means when those players change position, you can easily get caught out. And I think that would be a good thing to do. You know, be able to attack from the off by having your team as you would like it. And yeah, good point about you know weaker players, maybe put them at fullback or whatever and and just think about that a little bit because it definitely helps. And also heroes are huge, I think, in that mode because you can just yeah. put them in and they'll get full chem no matter the rest of your team. You don't have to have players from that nation. And also remember that if you get a good other World Cup limited time player, you can just chuck them in um, and they'll get full chem probably because you've got the six others there as well. So probably help as well. Um, we could talk about this more, I'm sure. But yeah, Josh, thank you very much as always for coming on the podcast. Um, really appreciate it. Absolutely no problem. Uh, pleasure to be here. I hope you uh, hope you all enjoy the rest of the the World Cup promo. And by the time we have the next podcast, it'll uh, we'll already have seen a few games. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I think the Iran England game is going to be right bang in the middle of when we record the podcast next week. So probably be looking to change that, and uh, we'll maybe have a slightly different schedule. Possibly not. Actually, probably come out at the same time. But anyway, if you'd like that podcast, then do subscribe via the various different ways you can do so: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, of course the podcast is new to youtube so if you're listening on there then definitely do leave a like drop a comment for the algorithm and hit subscribe and if you'd like another podcast each week then for just three pounds a month you can get double the podcast content and you can get that by supporting the pod keeping it going just search support foot weekly or follow the link in the description of this pod thank you very much to all those supporters keeping the podcast going and to those icon patrons dave b hugh j coach vass DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Elliot M, Dan W, at pace of a tortoise, Roger D, Jake G, Springford, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add though. FIFA's a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action if you go to thecalmzone.net there's loads of resources advice support or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it 
If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.